Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We have a decreased response to a Brisbane. The most common side effects are tiredness, headache, pain at the injection site, and muscle pain. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine, a Brisbane. Respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car right in your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producer of the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Bills lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. All right, Jeffrey, before we get into a big sports weekend, before we get into the Tigers' big win last night, narrow big win and the ramifications of it, before we get into the start of the Grizzlies' big road trip tonight in L.A., can I present to you my latest update on my ticket dilemma for the national championship game? I don't know, can you? I know I'm asking. May I, please? May may I? I'm a professional writer. (laughs) Um, All right. So, I'm going to the national championship game on Monday in Houston. And tickets right now, tickets still haven't really fallen the way you'd want them to on the secondary market yet. It now, looked like they fell based on, it was they were falling based upon Texas's, like it's like. They a, fell immediately when Texas yeah. lost to Washington. The prices went like, get in price on StubHub. Not including fees. The fees, you should see that. They, they are 33% fees on these tickets um, <laughs> for, for the National Championship game. But before fees, it was like $2,400 to get in when Texas, when it was tied at halftime. And this is like 
up top. Yes, this is like sitting in the upper deck of Houston's football stadium. So you're miles away. I mean, it is smaller than some of these newer stadiums. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's pretty vertical. I th- but I think it only seats like 65 or 70. That's part of the reason why I think tickets are pretty expensive. Is like last year at SoFi, you had like 100,000 tickets to work with. Well, Whereas- and L.A. is not a college. Like even though Houston is – Houston's still enough of a college football market. Yes. L.A. is – I, t- I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. L.A. is not a college football market. Yes. Um, so – and it rained then. That was the other thing. Immediately, though, when Washington won, the tickets went from like about twenty four hundred to like what's thir- it now? Reliant thirteen or fourteen hundred NRG Stadium. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, the artist formerly known. And since then, it's gone down. Like as of today, before fees, you can find some tickets for like you know nine hundred dollars before fees. So with fees, you're talking you know twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> because of the absurd fees they're charging on this, on the secondary market. So I have been offered an $800 ticket in the end zone. It's a $450 face value ticket. That's how expensive One it is. One more time. To, I've been offered an $800 end zone ticket. End zone, upper, lower? Where upper, we- upper. It's a face value ticket of $450. All right, so here would be my here would be my strategy. My strategy is I think I'm still going to wait. So my strategy would be, number one, I don't want to sit by myself. If I'm going for this... This would be a seat with friends. Okay. Then if you're trying to do it as cheap as possible, Mm -hmm. that should be the ticket you should get. Yeah. I am also someone, though, that would pay for the experience. You don't think it'll go down below 800? Last year, for the Georgia TCU game, the get-in price... On yeah, game just, day, ended up being like you, you four hundred before feet. You can't do it that way. It's it's yeah. not Apple's. well. One, it was it's L A, so it's a different market, bigger stadium. Two, TCU, much smaller fan base than Michigan or Washington. Um, Significantly, yes. You know, Georgia has a big fan base, but they're having to come all the way across the country. Um, whereas Michigan has like the type of fan base where like there's a ton of Dallas, Houston. Austin, Texas. Yeah, but Michigan I mean, enough, fans. enough. And, and, and it's an easy enough flying. flight. Yeah, it's an easy enough flight in the middle of the country. I would say the same probably of, you know, it's not that far from Seattle, all things considered, where, you know, where, you know, for. Uh, you really have no idea how the map works. Well, it is far, but like if the game was in like Miami or New Orleans or Indianapolis, I guess Indianapolis would be, I mean, it's be a little closer. S- Maybe. Yeah. Okay. It's it's okay. You're right. It's probably a long play. I mean, that's the thing when when people used to be like, "Why is the Pac-12 like? Why is the road like the road home split?" It's like you don't realize that like, L.A. and Seattle are still like 1,100 miles. Well, my strategy right now is I'm holding out. I'm keeping this $800 ticket as long as I can, like without having to pay for it, like keeping it available to myself. Does that make sense? Because I'm hoping I can hold. So you're making this. This ticket, your your my, safety net. Yes, this is my safety yes. school. Yes, right. Don't you think that's the strategy to go with right now? Keep, try and keep this so on you're the line this as long as like possible. Maryland. Well, I didn't apply. To, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to stay home for for college. But yes, it's like the yeah. It's like applying okay. to your to your safety school All when right. you're going to college. This is my safety school. But I'm this I'm, is Michigan State. But I'm still I'm still trying to get like I don't think I'm going to have the stomach to pay for a ticket. In like the lower bowl for this, like it's going to be so expensive. Well, to me though, it's it's less about 
But I like should I, I hold out with for my like friends? No, that's the other part of it. Is I like, mean, my question is how many people are pulling the trigger on this? It's a six person set. It's like a it's a, it's someone who but has some connection. Are these the people like we all know? Like if I if we if if Pepperdine ever were to do something where we all, my all my buddies went, there's in my group of friends that we would be with, mm-hmm. there's still another subset that I would rather yes. sit oh, with. Oh, I'm already, Is I've it already with that group. I've already disqualified myself. The the sub I do have a couple friends who, whether through connections, got really great tickets, or through they make a, a boatload of money and don't care about how much they're spending right. on this ticket. Um there, I've already. I'm not sitting with them. <laughs> you know, like right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to do. But that. like my question, like are those if if money were no choice, are those the people that you would like in your subgroup? No, probably not. No, is like this group this, is this group, group in the end zone would be a good group to sit with. Then I think y'all should pull the trigger. You think you should pull the trigger? Yeah, yeah. This would be a good like and not hold out for something cheaper on Sunday. Well, the other thing is or Monday. The other aspect, and potentially something on guess, like the sideline rather would, than the end zone. I would phrase it this way: Is this going to wind up being the best deal you're probably going to get? My guess is this will be. Yes, this is probably. Well, I don't know. It just it. So my thing is, you just also, depends what's going to happen on Monday with the. T- there is a there's an unease that also, even though I've never decided I'm going to a game mm-hmm. and not gotten in. Mm-hmm. There is an unease of we still don't have tickets. Yeah, yet. like I don't want to. I don't really the the way and you I do it. I wouldn't want to be at that tailgate. I wouldn't want to be at that yeah. tailgate on my phone. Oh no, no, no! Trying to see whether or not like getting the alerts decided. from SeatGeek. I have to have a ticket before I get on the plane to go to Houston on on Monday morning. That's what I've decided. Now, do I like? I don't think my friends. Ultimately, my problem is I would probably have the gumption to hold out till like Sunday night to buy a ticket. My concern is, is I don't think my friends do. You know what I mean? Like, they're not in search of the best deal possible, necessarily. Right. right. I would also argue you probably shouldn't be either. Like, this is one of those, like, Mark, literally, this is the, you'll just won your first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You're kind of acting like that this is going to be the norm. Well, no, Spoiler the reason alert. I'm going is because I don't think it's going to be the norm. Spoiler, but that's what I'm saying, like. You kind of got to act like that. Like yeah. this isn't a, this isn't doing Disney World on a budget. I do think when I look back, eight hundred dollars will probably be like, like it's crazy to think like that's what the get. Like, you do I think that's what the get in price is going to be? I don't know. The other aspect of this is you also probably have two in college football. You probably got two of the wealthier fan bases. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to Seattle recently. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of skyscrapers going up. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, well, it's interesting. Well, we'll see on Monday. I, my gut tells me I'm going to end up in these, like my these, fraternity these big seats brother, in the end zone. My fraternity big brother in Seattle sold his, like, what I kind of thought, hope you're not listening, Mike, kind of a dump of a house. He sold it for seven figures. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. Now, luckily, I'm going, I got the flight on Miles. I'm going so short, I don't even need a hotel. Like, my flight is early on. Uh, that, I also think that would be miserable. It was double the pr- The flight going back was going to be double the price if I went at, like, noon rather than 7.55 in the morning. Let me tell you who would be paying for convenience. <laughs> well, I could have used, I could I had enough miles where I could have done it, but I didn't want to use all my, like, I don't want to use, like, that many miles you on this. You could plan on going to Europe soon? 
I got I got kids. We're going on family. Like, this could pay f- my miles could pay for a Disney World trip at some point for all the whole family. Yeah, but like the other the other thing with miles is like first off, you're probably just booking that Southwest anyway. And then on top of that, like the places that miles are going to buy are not the places your wife's going to want to stay at Disney. <laughs> oh man. Well, nonetheless, I'm excited for my, I, I, you know what I'm going to be talking about on coming out of the weekend, Jeffrey, I'm going to be talking about the national championship game, but we've got lots of local topics that are, I would like to hand. have this Washington conundrum studied. Mm, Has you ever of- seen a 14 and O team that garners less attention do you, like think, they t- do you think TCU had more attention than them? I think them? there was something because of there was like a, the Cinderella run. Yeah. It, it felt, and that's the other thing. I have zero faith in TCU. Like, I was looking for, there was not a bet on the sports book that mm-hmm. was offered for Georgia that I didn't take. I think, like, Washington, I think, legitimately well, can win this game. Well, let's ask Blake Topmeyer about it. He's going to join us at 2.30 or so after we talk about— He was at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, what are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? Um, Tigers-Grizzlies talk. Uh, 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. We'll go over our games of the weekend. Lots of—I think our games of the weekend, right? Wouldn't you agree? Are in the NFL this week. Uh, probably, but it's not, there's only like three, like there are games that matter, Mm -hmm. but they're also like, like Steelers Ravens matters to the Steelers, but it doesn't matter to the Ravens. There's a lot of games that like Bills, Bills, Dolphins will be good. We've got an AFC championship game. Yeah. We got Bills, Dolphins. There's also the, uh, I think the Colts, uh, the Colts Texans game is interesting on Saturday night. I mean, it's the last week of the NFL. Yeah, whenever there's stakes attached, you know, the AFC, those NFC South games. I was trying to ask myself this question. Has this been a fun year of the NFL? No, not yet. Not really. And I mean, I guess it does it's not really fair to judge it because it it's is gotten, it is a playoff sport. I think it's gotten better over the last 6 weeks, but I thought the first like 10 to 12 weeks of the regular season were about as Dull as it yeah. gets for the NFL. Milk toast. Like, it was still fine. It's an NFL, but it was still, like, didn't quite have. And, it, I mean, you pointed it out. It's because we lost so many quarterbacks. Lost so many quarterbacks. And then on top of that, like, the team, like, the Chiefs don't look very good. Like, think about the teams that you would view as more, like, like as actual, like, hmm, this would be an interesting team right now if they just had their quarterback. The Bengals, the Vikings. Um, who else am I missing here? There's more. Um, uh, I mean, the Jets would have been like that's the other thing. Yeah, the, is the Jets. The Jets never even got rolling. Um, you know, maybe even the. I mean, I guess honestly, the Browns feel more exciting now with Flacco doing what he's doing. Do you realize if he would have thrown one more touchdown pass, he would have equaled the career Browns touchdown passes? The, like this is. I will say this: Flacco has made like I feel so justified. I was out on an island that I don't think Deshaun Watson's that very like very good. Mm-hmm. I've never thought he's really that good. And now Flacco showed. And now yeah, Flacco's like, yep, it's been yeah. good to be here. No, and even I, you know, maybe the Chargers would have been competing for the last playoff spot. If nah, they're pretty much healthy. done. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we'll talk NFL. Counting all of his racked up playoff appearances. Oh yeah, one in the list. And then three uh, thirty or so, Eric Hasseltine will join us live from L.A. to get us ready for that Lakers Grizzlies game tonight. Nine thirty tip. Right, it's the super late one. I think I thought oh, no, they said no, it's I thought they said eight thirty and nine. I think pregame's right. eight thirty because it's an ESPN game. Yeah, it's an ESPN game tonight. Um, I'm doing that from memory of the broadcast. Whatever Wednesday, 
Yeah, let's they see. They said eight thirty. They no, said nine o'clock. Nine yeah, o'clock. They said pregame at eight thirty. Yeah, not nine o'clock tip tonight. Um, Grizzlies at Lakers. Eric will join us from L.A. All right, let's start with what are we going to be talking about? Let's start Tigers um, because we had a very eventful game last night. It appears a very eventful uh, travel uh, experience back from Tulsa that isn't over yet. Uh, according to Jason Munz. They have at they, least left now. Yeah, they've just taken off from Tulsa after sitting on the runway till 2 a.m. So essentially, 48 hours before they have to play SMU, they are still traveling back from Tulsa. Um, they get a dramatic 75-72 win over Tulsa on a Javon 48 qu- hours in Tulsa sounds like a Hunter S. Thompson novel. <laughs> Tulsa, not one of the great road trips in the AAC. I can, I can tell you from experience. Um, but... Um, they get the dramatic 75-72 win over Tulsa uh, on Javon Quinterly's uh, big-time three-pointer uh, after some big-time turnovers late. Um, and uh, obviously the other big news out of it was Caleb Mills' really scary injury that appears to be um, season-ending. Season-ending. We have not gotten any sort of official word on that. Well, I'm sure it's because he's still on the plane. Yeah, he still hasn't gotten to Camel Clinic or whatever yet. But uh, cer- are they South? Certainly, Penny was bracing everyone last night for, at the very least, an extended absence, if not the entire rest of the season. Um, and then, like I said, yeah, they have this game against SMU Sunday, which, based on the net rankings, is essentially one of the three or four most important games they have left on the schedule. If you're going by net rankings right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. so early to apply yes. context, but I mean, yes, you know, it, in the in the grand in the grand scheme of this league this year, yes. it is one of your better. It's like one of the better games left on your schedule um, against SMU at home on Sunday, and it's going to be with abbreviated preparation uh, coming off kind of a odd road trip, and when they played Tuesday, they played Tuesday, and you're coming off what was. What appeared to be a very emotional experience having Caleb Mills suffer that injury in Tulsa. But um curious what you thought about that game. They come out, they lead by 14 at halftime, squander the whole thing during a second half in which it was a pretty bad second half overall. Um, missed a bunch of threes, settled for a lot of shots with Tulsa playing a zone and turned the ball over uh, at a pretty alarming rate for the entire game. And... Um, Tulsa hits some threes in the second half and, you know, ties the game up and, um, late. And really, if it, you know, if their star player hits free throws like he normally does, you know, might be even more of a pickle. Um, but at the same time, you get another good performance from Naquan Tomlin. Um, I don't know. What do you, what did you make of that? That's the, it's the third straight, you know, kind of too close for comfort win that they've had now. Um, yeah. This one was different. Okay. Um, the other ones, like the Vanderbilt one, they were trailing for a large portion of the game, mm-hmm. and then they they were the ones that completed. It felt them. like your classic letdown game after a bunch of big performances in the yeah. moment. The Austin P one was, I guess, more similar to this. It still felt like a classic playing with your food against a bad team. But like, I don't remember coming out ever, of the holiday like, break. I don't remember in the Austin P game. Did they ever have like the sizable lead? Uh, I felt like it never got like above like ten. Yeah, I think that's probably right. This to me felt like what I've seen more from them in conference play the last couple of years. If there's if I 
Excuse I'm, me, it was a 78-75 game, not 75-72. If, like, I'm not, there's no panic button. I'm not even locating the panic button. Remember the, uh, remember the sticker tabs, Mark? Like, they were like, they were like, they'd have like a color. They were like painted kind of at the, at the edge and you'd put those like on a page. You need to like read this page. That's kind of what I'm doing with this game because what we've seen from them in conference play the last couple of years is they have a, they've had a tendency to not hit the knockout shot. Mm-hmm. And last night to me felt like a game where they were clearly superior. And then when it came time to hit the knockout shot, they didn't do it. They let them hang around, and then they kind of have to hold on. Really, they didn't even hold on for dear life. Like, you needed Quinterly to hit. You need some heroics. Yeah, like, I mean, that was a that looked like a busted big, play. Like It was. No, yeah. Quinterly said after the game the plan was for Jordan to slip the screen there. And actually, like, it sounded like the ball was supposed to get go to Jordan, which surprised me. Um, but... He said Jordan didn't slip properly, and so they kind of just, you know, and he kind of just went yeah, around. Yeah, and then he makes, I mean, that's, you know. Came around hey, they get to play like def- a dribble handoff and nailed a, you know, contested long, tough three. But, like, frankly, no, that I mean, was nothing but net, baby. No, when, like, it, when it left his hand, I was like, well, that's in. <laughs> um, and it made up for, again, he got fouled on one of the turnovers, but they didn't call it, and it was a turnover. And then. You know, you can debate the offensive foul, but there was enough there like where it wasn't an egregious call. But see, my problem is kind of it's the same thing I'm talking about. Like what I'm flagging as what was potentially concerning, not concerning today, mm-hmm. but potentially concerning in the long haul is this team has had a tendency in conference play mm-hmm. to just kind of not take it seriously enough. Like I compare that to last night, water is wet, Gonzaga taking on my waves. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga kind of let Pepperdine hang around in the first half more so than they should have. And then in the second half, they just absolutely blitzed them. There was like a 20-0 run, like just absolutely mm-hmm. snapped their neck. Now, it's also important to note, like, we don't really know what Tulsa is. They're 9-3, and three, but we don't know if any of those nine wins and four are now, now. They're 9-4. and four. But they're clearly better than they were last year. They're not like the dregs of the league. I still think they're probably like the ninth or 10th team in the league, you know, like 8th, ninth, 10th, something right. like we that. St- like, we like, still don't know because, like, as I was pointing to you. I mean, that kid. As I was say, it was, like, I was, I was saying about P.J. Haggerty was, like, pretty player. good player. Yeah. Like, pretty good player. Like, looks like well, he's going to be an all-AAC type of player, one of the three teams. a really good player. No, in, in this league, I mean, yeah, yeah, we've a, seen we've seen Penny's track record. Oh, yeah. Someone tweeted it last that, that night. Guy, like, that guy might be wearing blue. Like, you know, he keeps playing this mm-hmm. way. He might earn himself some NIL money absolutely. from Memphis. He, absolutely. He might. He might. He might. What's and the remember, collective? what's the collective? The 901 collective? Yeah, 901 might, fund. They might have right? They might have gotten his personal information yesterday. Well, and I would just say this about him. He's not like, he, he's a redshirt freshman, but again, as I mentioned on the show, he was a top 100 recruit. He was supposed to go to TCU, oh, no, he, he fits, or he did go to TCU. He fits the bill. Yeah, like he's, you know, now. But, like. Could he transfer it right away? I don't know. But see, like, my question is, you know, when we saw Washington play Arizona, everyone was like, hmm, I don't know about this. Like, they kind of struggled. Turned out Arizona was good. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is Are we going to find out Tulsa's good? My suspicion is no. Like, I, I think they're fine. I think they're a better team than they were last year. That's right, all I'm that, willing to that say. That is a very low ball. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm willing to say. Um, so a couple of things to me. One, I thought the first half was exactly what you were hoping to see from Memphis coming off the t- right. 
coming off those two games against Vanderbilt and Osby, they're up 14 at half, and they, loved, they played pretty well. I loved the the last 10 to 12 minutes of the first half. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. thought they were, I thought they were really good in that stretch. Yeah, and then I know you haven't brought it up. I do think, based on the comments I heard, that I think the Caleb Mills injury can't be just like yes, obviously they lost Caleb Mills, who's a, who was their probably their best perimeter defender this year and was just his presence. He had a very calm, it felt like he just had a calming presence out there and was averaging eight and a half points off the bench and was a, you know, is a experienced good player for this team. He's going to be tough to replace completely. Um, but I just think the like, that was a scary injury. What happened to him? Like, and I don't know. You're if you making s- an impossible take because the, the premise of your argument is I think they were affected by but, him getting hurt. Okay. But here's what we know. Emotionally, when, I still think the most jarring thing would have been to see it, because think about like the Kevin Ware injury. Well, I don't know. Javon Quinterly saw the whole thing, but I'm saying literally right after that they went on a run. Yeah, but then if you listen to the post game comments, where the scene was not on the court that was really emotional. It's if you've been to Tulsa, it's like a really confined. Um, area in the visitors area and like the media is intermingling with the players and there's like training tables out in the hallway that you're just walking by guys in a manner that is not usual in other arenas like usually that stuff is separated from where like the media and other people can walk um but at Tulsa it's not because it's a more confined space in the back um and from what Penny described like they're coming into the locker room at halftime and Kayla Mills is like on the table balling because he's like realizing the severity of this thing, it's all hitting him. And I'm not saying you're wrong, and that like there's some alarming things that happen, particularly from a you know a turnover standpoint. And see, I just don't buy it. Here's the here's the scoring margin in the second half: mm-hmm. eleven. It goes to eight, nine, ten, eleven, eight, ten. One. Like the, but the, that's the other thing. They it was it was until the last forty seconds that was going to be a seven to ten point win for Memphis. And are you saying the same thing you're saying if they win by seven to ten points last night? Mm, I'm probably more angry because at that point I would have I would have been screaming they should have covered because mm-hmm. um, I did have them last night. Uh, yeah, because it's still this. Again, I'm not. I'm not like. Panicking. I'm mm. not even going. This team's going to like see they're going to lose five conference games or anything. I am targeting that I have seen the same things that I have seen on not on years where they don't have great conference records, in which that was a game that should not have been a three point win. Two things that really were bad. So David Jones had 17 points. That was like one of his worst games at Memphis. I thought. I mean, how many turnovers? seven turnovers? He yeah, had. I was gonna say him and him. They had twenty one turnovers last night. Jones and Quinterly combined for eleven of them. Yeah, like uh, they were, you know. And Qu- I thought the other problem was I thought I thought Memphis would dictate more than Tulsa did, and it felt like in the second half Tulsa dictated. Like the game got how Tulsa wanted it. Well, they went to that zone. And whenever Memphis actually moved the ball and got the ball inside, they got good looks. The problem was, for most of that second half, they were just like one pass, two pass, settling for a three. There's a lot of dribbling. There's a lot of perimeter dribbling. And they were 0 for 10 until Javon Quinterly in the second half. 0 for 10 from three-point range until Javon Quinterly hit that shot. Um, I think 
they need to, as a team, come to grips, especially now that Caleb Mills is hurt and probably out for the rest of the year. Like, this team does its best work in the paint. Like, the big guys are now a strength of this team. That trio of Naquan Tomlin, Nick Jordan, and Malcolm Dandridge, they're not a better tree. There's not a better front court in this league than Well, I mean, them. just when you watch the game, I mean, that was the other thing. I The other thing that stood out and to David me last And David Jones night. does his best work driving to the basket, you know, in the post, kind of working in that elbow in area. That's where he does his best work. I don't know. The other, and this is not a, this is not a reflection on Malco. This is not a reflection on Jordan. The reality is Tomlin needs to be there big mm-hmm. unless he is completely gassed or he's in foul trouble. Like that, to me, like that is very obvious. Well, and you saw it last night, it was tilted in his favor. Malcolm only played 16 minutes. Tomlin played 25. Um, I think what you're saying is you'd like... 30 and 10. Well, that's what you're saying right now, Jones Jones got 34 minutes. Walton and Quinterly got 31 and 30. You'd like to see him up in that 30, yes. 31 range. He is in, that, he is in yeah. that group for me. But like last night, Jordan played 24. He played... Tomlin played 25. And Malcolm played 16. Now, Malcolm was partially because he was in foul trouble. But that's like kind of an every game thing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that was Malcolm playing. And so... But I, I think that that's... Sh- that needs to be reemphasized. But if you really look at the numbers, the the thing that really was the biggest issue last night, like they did a lot of the things they've done well this year. Um, Except they, they turned it over back at a tur- rate that was alarming. The turnovers was what was like, that was what made this a close game. If they, you know, if they just turn the ball over at a normal rate, they're, you know, they probably win going away. Um, but like, if you look at it, like Penny always talks about, he wants to win the free throw battle. They did that. They went 18 of 21 from the free throw line. They were very good from two. You know, like they sh- they ended up shooting 50% for the game, even though they were 6 of 20 from three-point range for the game. Um, so um, they still scored at nearly a 1.1 points per possession rate, which is anything above one is considered, like, pretty good. Um, and so, and they gave up some threes in the second half. I think Tulsa had what? Tulsa was 6 Well, it felt of- like they hit, like, four in a row. Tulsa was in the second half. Tulsa hit nine threes yeah. in the second half. Um, I think they hit one, right? <laughs> Conversely, yes. Memphis at Memphis, one. the only three they got was the Quinterly one yeah. <laughs> to win it. But the important part is they won it. Um, they did win the game, and now this SMU game, I do think, though, is more dangerous than ever. Not because of how – I'm don't. i not even looking at how they played the last three games. I think this whole travel situation is going to be tricky for them to navigate. The fact that they're just getting home now, they're basically going to get one day of prep for SMU. I think that's going to be tough. I think it makes it harder. No, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's definitely a squirrely spot here. And and this is going to be the first game where, okay, what are we going to do to fill those minutes and that role Caleb Mills was providing us? I think it's some combination of Jalen Young and Jaden Hardaway, right? Although it looked like last night it was more Ashton Hardaway, I think, was playing a little more, got, got minutes in I would the second say J- half. Jalen Young and a, uh, and a Hardaway to be named later. Like Ashton played four minutes in the second half. Jalen Young played 14 minutes last night and was a plus 19. Because um, he didn't turn it over. Yeah. He only had one turnover, right? Uh, for the game he had... Yes, one turnover. I mean, that, the the biggest problem with last night was 
the two guys that have the ball in their hands the most turned it over a lot. I've just gotten word, by the way, team has just landed. They've landed, They've landed they back in Memphis. So welcome back, Memphis basketball. 1-0 in conference play. A little, little dicier than you wanted, and unfortunately you lost Caleb Mills. Um, but we'll see what happens against SMU. I still think they've got enough. I, the way Penny put this roster together, it hurts to lose Caleb Mills, but right, it's not devastating, right? You don't feel that way today. It like you're gonna miss him, but I don't think I, it, I, I made the comparison this morning. It feels like how Dolphins fans feel when Jay, when you find out Jalen Waddle's not playing. Yeah, like it's, it's not Tyreek. Like you're gonna you miss like, him. You'd like to have him. Yeah, you think the offense is better with him? Mm-hmm. I agree. The team's better with him than without. He's clearly one of your five or six best players, and you, you've clearly lost one of your five or six best players. Correct. Um, and it's unfortunate, and it's it really stinks for him because uh, while he's been at Houston and Florida State, he's never made the NCAA tournament before. His his first year at Houston was the COVID year, so there was no NCAA tournament. Then he left after that, and then Florida State never made the tournament while he was there. So it's unfortunate for him. I, I felt bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like again, that's kind of like another impossible take. Like, of course we feel bad. Like I don't know what to say. Like. It's not a take. I, it's just I'm just I mean, like, observation. Yes, I I agree. Yeah, it sucks. Um, we also got Grizzlies tonight. Mm. We got two Grizzlies games coming out of this weekend. Are we going to be talking about the Grizzlies in a positive manner coming out of the weekend? Which to me would mean they won one of the two, right? At at, at Lakers Jeez. at Phoenix. If you get one, yes. They won a one split, of the a split is a good weekend. Two and zero would be fantastic. Obviously, I'm not expecting that. But if to me, you're speaking positively if you're coming out of it and you're they've won one of these two. They games. get one of these two. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good. Or, or are we a, talking negatively about them because they're they've now lost two? They lost both, which would mean they've lost six of seven. So, are we in agreement? If, and would fall below 500 with Ja. Are we in agreement if they get one? It feels like tonight's the one. I would certainly think this one is more likely, but it is amazing how the Western Conference is shaping up here where Lakers look like they might they might like be combusting in front of our eyes. Warriors, Golden State looks like they might be combusting right in front of our eyes. And I I I can't I'm so ashamed I stayed up to watch that. Oh. <laughs> and then well you and did you Apparently, in the middle of the night, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody were uh, alerting their agents to uh, make sure the media knows how upset they are about being in Golden yeah, State saw, right now. I saw another very uh, honest report from Shams. Um, <laughs> um, God, I just really hate that I said that. And then the, Sun, the Suns are struggling, too. Like, the Suns ultimately are a 500 team, too. Yeah, the Suns feels more like, though, the problem that we talked about that was their potential during the summer when they did this. Mm-hmm. It's like... Well, if they don't have all the guys, yeah. like they don't have a ton of depth. And mm-hmm. so it feels like theirs mm-hmm. is injury-related. I suppose if you want to say the Warriors, it's the fact that Draymond's missed so much time. Yeah, but they were I mean, they were kind of scuttling along, you know. But they and weren't so The Warriors is more understandable just because, like, I didn't think they were this is good. inevitable. Yeah. Like, they, they, they're, all their best players are old. Like, this is just inevitable. It's age. And then, for me, there was always a question of how good were the Lakers. Well, the Lakers, I think, is the most concerning one because LeBron and Anthony Davis have played pretty well this year. Well, and they've played a decent amount too. Yeah, like, like, it, it, yeah. like I would say they've hit the over, but you have to ask the you have to ask the question responsibly. Did the play in tournament take it out of them? You know. Well, and according to Darvin Ham, it's it's tougher 
when you're without a bunch of like rotation guys as opposed to like when the Miami Heat's without Jimmy Butler. It's tougher to replace mm. a couple rotation guys than it is to re- just replace your big dog. I will say says, this. Which was I, like one of the dumber things I've heard from a coach. I'm a Darvin Ham guy. <laughs> and it's if it now that it's clearly becoming LeBron versus Darvin Ham, yeah. I know which oh, side <laughs> I know which side I'm bunkering in on. I know which side's yeah. gonna win though. Well no, I do too. <laughs> but you know what? There's something honorable about dying with a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're I've got I'll I'll get in that foxhole with but, you, Darvin. Right tonight with the well, Lakers. Here's what I'm scared of. I am scared that LeBron, like, he does all these theatrics, and he makes it seem like it's dramatic so that he can turn right around and have the get-right game. Yeah, LeBron saved the season. I'm very concerned. We could have a LeBron save the season I'm game. I'm very concerned that he highlighted, circled, and now, made this. Now, could it is- also be LeBron wants Darvin Ham out of here and here we are on national TV. If we torpedo in this game against the team we've dominated lately, again, Ja has some big game. That is that is in the realm Could of we also have like a – if we just need one more loss. And with, all, with everything that's swirling right now, one bad we're one bad loss away from me getting rid of Darvin Ham. And does he tank it for that reason? Okay, so this would be my argument for – why I'm more concerned about my scenario while acknowledging your scenarios in play. Mm-hmm. Usually though, when he's, when he's going in that mode and mm-hmm. he's in coach killing mode, mm-hmm. it's a lot more behind the scenes. This has been public. And some, we, we might this hear about is, a calf strain this or is, something that keeps him yeah, out of the th- game. This has been a little more temper tantrum. Like this has been, you know, when I knew when you saw LeBron freak out about that three pointer, you know, the mm-hmm. video was that Minnesota. Yeah. When you saw him like having to go to the board, like, that was when you realized, like, I think this is more than just he's going to get his coach. I think there's – I think there's – I just – I'm very concerned he's got this position as his get-right game. Well, get it, get the boys back. I, I will say this. You said it's on ESPN, right? I think yes, actually, though, I think, I think Bally's got it too because I think I, I think it's promo. dual, yeah. dual broadcast. I know what I'll is, be watching. It is a national TV game tonight. Um, I guess – you no, know, I think you might be you you could be right there. And that's just the fact that the Lakers are a bad matchup for the Grizzlies. It's been proven time and time well, again here the last couple of years. But you know, their front court's gotten better. <laughs> um what are, so, what are Anthony Davis's props tonight? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well that's the other thing. It's like so funny, like Biombo's been in and out of the lineup. Like I would assume Biombo's gonna play tonight, right? You gotta play him against Anthony I mean, Davis. Isn't it all hands on tech? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, it wasn't the other night. I was Surprise, beyond yeah, but, but last night or whatever, the other night was back to back. Like this one, I would think is yeah. like, hey, well, it sounds like no Derrick Rose, but other than that, you'll have everyone who you've had lately. Is that a net negative? I think Rose has played okay. Like he's been. He, there's certainly other guys who I think who I would look at and go, I don't like when he plays. <laughs> like he's not. He's not the yeah, lowest the on that. Is, pecking the problem order. is, I say that about eight guys. I'm just saying, but that's what I'm saying. We got big, we got bigger fish to fry than Derrick Rose with this roster. That's how I would. Yeah, but it. if he was named anything else, yeah, but he's not. I, I get it, but yeah. I'm talking about like in general. Like I'm not. He's sh- been fine though. I don't think he's played poorly. Offensively, he's been fine. Yeah, fine. They haven't been a. They haven't been bad when he's on the court. All right, let's see. Anthony Davis points at least. <laughs> so holy cow! Guess what the over under starts at. 27. 29. 29? Wow. And that's juiced, like, but, minus 120. <laughs> so they, they think Anthony Davis can have a big game tonight. They think he's getting 30. They think he's going to have a big game tonight. Um, 
I mean, it'll be interesting. It's the start of a three-game road trip for the Grizzlies, um, and uh, it feels like if you come out of it 0-3, it is going to be uh, really demoralizing, right? I mean, yeah, but I also think you need to come to terms with, like, that's probably a likely outcome. I think they're winning one of these three. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think they're going to be favored in any of them. I think tonight could be the tonight. Honestly, that's feels why, uh, like their best shot. Tonight feels like the best shot of the three. They don't match up well with Dallas. They only don't match four. They don't match up with well with the Lakers. But I, I, I don't sense this is going to be a galvanizing moment for the Lakers. I sense this locker room turmoil is going to like we're. The, we might look back well, and go, the Grizzlies well, we, caught the Lakers at a great time. We also have to consider, what's today, the fifth? Mm-hmm. This could also be prime LeBron's killing everybody season. Get him a new roster at, at that's deadline. What yes. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's if you want to go, I think it's less of. I think it's a good thing that we've got this locker room turmoil and LeBron leaks. Yeah. I think it's a good thing for the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, all right, when we come back, let's talk some college football, both Portal offseason, Ole Miss loses their star running back. Um, also got to talk about the college football championship game, what Blake's experience was at the Rose Bowl. Blake Topmeyer, the SEC columnist from the USA Today Network, is going to join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. NFM ESPN. Giannotto and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannotto and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Blake Tomars, the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. His podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week. Follow him on Twitter on X at B. Top Meyer, Blake, how amazing was the Rose Bowl? How was the setting? Hey, did you hey did you know this? 
The sun goes behind the mountains. The San Gabriel <laughs> Mountains. Make sure you yeah, identify. Uh, thank you, Mark. I went to college there. I, I appreciate know, I know. that. But you got to, if you're going to, you I know. I think I've been they, to the Rose Bowl more than you have. No, I know. When they mm. describe yes, it, I'm you got to like, you know, I'm you got to give every little lush detail. Did, did you find yourself understanding of why they control college football? It was a pretty special scene, and I'm a bit of a cynic, a bit of a skeptic. You guys probably know this about me, but so I, I was. Well, you come to the right coming, place. Right. I was coming into it thinking, like, this is going to be overrated, right? It wasn't. I mean, maybe it was because the game was, was really good, too, but I thought if Pasadena delivered, the Rose Bowl delivers, my first time covering that game, it is a beautiful scene. I know Stephen A. Smith went on a long rant the other day. I, I love that. It was zigging when everybody was zagging because all the, all the conversations make the national championship put it at SoFi. I love that. That's why he's the king. It was so true, though. Like, the traffic was the one disaster, and the Rose Bowl folks don't give you directions on how to get to your parking lot. And I did not stay in this little inside Parking lot's the golf course. I, I didn't stay at the media hotel, and so I couldn't get the, the media shuttle to the game. I had a parking pass, which oh I thought, fine, right? And that's what I do every week. No, no big deal. Uh, it was a big deal. And everywhere you turned, you were running into sawhorses and police telling you to go the other way. It's like, but my parking lot's that way. And so after weaving in and around... How you far know, were you staying from Pasadena? Traffic, I was in L.A., uh, which was not that bad. Getting to Pasadena wasn't the it was problem. The pr- it was the parade and everything. All every it, it every street's closed. Were, exactly, and the parade was over, but the streets were still closed. And so I drove around for like forty five minutes in Pasadena, and I just thought, you know what? I'm never going to make it to my parking lot. I found some street parking about two and a half miles from the stadium, <laughs> and so I parked in public parking on the street for free. I got this parking pass that I probably could have sold. Uh, for like a kidney or something, um, but it was completely worthless to me because I couldn't get to the parking lot. And I had to walk uh, two and a half both ways, two and a half miles both ways to and from the stadium. And despite that, despite that, I had a great experience. That's how that's how cool the scene is, and that's how good the game was. So I'm not going to go Stephen A. And, and rant about the whole thing, but the parking and traffic is a disaster. But the game was awesome. I will say. I haven't been since post renovation, and it looks because the press box is in the new part, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, it's the only time I've been there. The press box is not like state of the art, but it's. I I'm telling you, it was better yeah. better than it was in 2011. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. The grass I, I, is I, I so just, green. Uh, there's something about their the color of their grass. I don't know if they paint it. I don't know. It's it's very green. It is, and it's like the sun shines every yeah. day out there, right? And so. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I'm walking two and a half miles of the stadium, but it's 65, it's sunny, it's New Year's Day. You don't care. Uh, I mean, I'm, I wish I wasn't working because I would have had like two drinks in my hand and yeah. I would have been thinking like, is this heaven? Yeah, this uh, is, this is, it's, and yeah. it was like a, a great game too. It's like, okay, this is the peak of the sport. Totally. All yeah. right, so here's my question before we get into the national championship game involving my Michigan Wolverines. I, I am curious this will be the first national championship game without an SEC representative since the first college football playoff, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, when, does, Al, when Alabama had the same version of their – instead of Blake Sims, they had Jalen Milrose. It's the same thing. Though. Yes. Um, along those lines, like that obviously was not necessarily indicative of any sort of trend for the SEC that year. Or, Is, or Alabama. Or Alabama. Like – is there any sort of big picture takeaway from the fact that the SEC very clearly had a down year this year overall, only got one team in the playoff and is not in the national championship game for the first time in, I think, like, what, nine years, essentially? 
Yeah, the takeaway is that the SEC's best team wasn't in the playoff. Um, if Georgia's in the playoff, I think there's a decent chance Georgia is in the national championship. I mean, and, and not to rehash old arguments, but my stance all along was that the, the playoff selection committee selected neither the four most deserving teams, which would have included Florida State, nor the four best teams, uh, which would have included Georgia. They tried to like do this awkward splitting of the difference to create a spot for the SEC, but they knew it couldn't be Georgia because Georgia just lost the SEC championship, and so they put Alabama in and, and snubbed Florida State. So we're left with a field that wasn't either the four most deserving or the four best. Uh, it did create a, tel- a great television show. Uh, we got two great semifinals out of it. But, yeah, I, I think my major takeaway is not like, this is doomsday for the SEC. It was a bit of a down year for the conference, although it acquitted itself pretty well in bowl games for whatever that's worth, not much. Uh, I think there were some some good teams at the top of the conference. I think the top like five or six teams in the conference were very good. I think the difference between this year and a lot of years for the SEC is like seven through 14 weren't as good as they often are. And the other difference was their best team didn't make the playoff. I mean, in most years, sometimes you have two SEC teams in the playoff, right? But in most years, maybe at every year, the SEC sends its best team to the playoff. That didn't happen this year. I mean, Alabama, they beat them in, in the, uh, in the key moment. And so the committee gave them the nod, but um, I think most of us would agree that Georgia is a better team. If they play that game 10 times, Georgia wins most of them. Georgia had a terrible day that day in Atlanta. Brock Bowers was playing not at 100%. Ladd McCockey wasn't at 100%. And so Georgia loses. But, yeah, I think my big thing is one of the four best teams in America is not in this playoff. And uh, I don't know if they should be. I would have had the four most deserving teams in and, and put Florida State in. But, um, yeah, that's that's my SEC takeaway is their best team didn't get in. Yeah, because I was trying to think about the connection between the 2014 team. And to me, it's like, well, the Alabama teams were the same. Like, they, they were good at – almost every position except quarterback and in the end that that's what I think in the end that's what cost them but that Alabama team probably was in 2014 the best SEC team because I think they beat Florida I think in the title game and that's right and I I think it was a McIlwain Florida team that had lost four games maybe or maybe that was their fourth loss but it was like a nine or three I mean at that point like Alabama probably was the best team but I I agree with you. I felt like with Georgia, in the SEC championship game, it felt like the fact that Georgia has played so many big games for the last three years, it finally felt like it caught up to them. Not that Alabama doesn't play high stakes games, but it just I felt like I, I felt like Georgia kind of ran out of gas in that SEC title game. Yeah, and and I do think uh, I don't really want to be a Georgia apologist, but I just think it's a fact. Like the injuries to two of their best offensive weapons. Um, factored in, much like uh, Alabama's injuries factored into Georgia's first national championship sure. a couple couple years ago. Um, and and Georgia made some uncharacteristic mistakes that night. You know, they had a turnover inside the 10, and they missed a field goal. Like, those two plays alone tipped the scales in Alabama's favor. And so, some horrible it, clock management by Kirby. Yeah, and then the controversial fourth down catch yeah. uh, from from Alabama. There, it was uh, it was a Missouri team. Missouri's weaker of its two teams was who Alabama beat. Oh, that's in that right. Twenty fourteen yeah, yeah. season. It was a it was not a banner year for the SEC East. Not really a banner year for the conference overall. The West was pretty good, but the East was was not good at all that year. Um, 
So, yeah, there, there are some parallels. With Alabama this year, though, I don't know that I can say they were good at every position besides quarterback. Like, I thought their offensive line got exposed in their two toughest tests this year. Like, their offensive line really got exposed against Texas, and then it did again by Michigan. They didn't have the wide receivers that they needed. I mean, Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond are pretty good deep ball artists. They couldn't get open downfield against Michigan. I think part of that's Michigan's secondary. Part of that is Michigan's pass rush was constantly uh, you know, destroying uh, Alabama's semblance of an offensive line. So I, I do think you know, Alabama's weaknesses extended a little further than usual. I mean, they weren't always glaring. Like when you're playing Mississippi State, those weaknesses don't show, right? When you're sure. when you're playing Kentucky, those weaknesses don't show. But but that was a common theme, I thought, between the Texas and um, and the Michigan losses was those were not good looks for Alabama's offensive line. I mean, you look back on the Texas game, they averaged like three yards per carry uh, in that game. Their only real running attack, well, their only real offense uh, in the Rose Bowl was. Milrow running around. It was like, it was like, it was like counter, quarterback counter, and then yeah. Milrow getting outside. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, again, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, a, a team with a, a, a weaknesses that can be exposed by every opponent. But when they play the two most physical teams on their schedule, normally Alabama looks like the more physical team in those games, right? When it's going to be two physical teams going at it historically and Saban's run. Alabama's been the more physical team. The two physical teams they played this year, Texas and and Michigan, the two teams where their strengths are at the line of scrimmage, Alabama got whipped both times. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth because, I don't know, I was talking about with Mark. It was a game to me where it felt like both teams let the game get away. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I felt like well, it was not as a Michigan fan. It was not a fun game to watch. Well, like to me, like the <laughs> it was not. It was just a t- nerve wracking game. Because I, I didn't, I didn't text you during the game, Blake. Because I knew you're working, but like it was alarming to me when Michigan dominated the first half in the fashion that they did, and the game was thirteen to seven. It's like, oh, I've seen this script before, where you should be up multiple scores on Bama. They're going to go into the half. They're going to kind of figure it out, to which they, they kind of did. And then they, they had, were able to protect Milrow a lot better. But in the, second the, half. the reality is, like one of the things that had hurt them all year was snapping the football, and yeah, it got them this time. And you're so right about that. Your halftime feelings, because I thought Alabama's rally into the lead in the second half was so predictable. Yeah. I thought at some point in the second half, Alabama's going to take the lead, even though Michigan had dominated the whole first half. Um, you're right. I mean, they they weren't dominating on the scoreboard. We'd seen this script from Alabama before we saw it in the Texas A&M game. We saw them pull it out in the Auburn game. There were some other games where they messed around a little bit and they rallied. You knew the Alabama rally uh, Ole Miss. was going to the, come. The Ole Miss yeah, game Ole early Miss. in the year, yeah. That's right. And, and the only question was, did, did Michigan have the answer? And they did in that, that, that key game-tying drive where I thought J.J. McCarthy kind of came and went during that game. But at the moments where Michigan really needed him – to make the big yep. plays, I thought he did. I mean, in particular, the game-tying drive, right? I mean, he was he was really good. And, and Michigan was doing some things scheme-wise that Alabama just can't do. Uh, I mean, down in that so, – so McCarthy's game-tying touchdown pass, play action, four-yard flick into the flat, right? Beautiful play call, well-executed, the whole bit. 
Alabama doesn't have that in their arsenal. Jalen Milrow did not throw a short yardage touchdown pass all season against an FBS opponent. His only short yardage touchdown passes this year were against Chattanooga. So when it comes down to game on the line for Alabama, fourth and three, it's an eight-man box. You can't hand it off against an eight-man box. And you know he's not going to pass it either because he hasn't. that's something he hasn't done all year is throw for a short yardage touchdown. And so, you know, right, right there it shows Alabama's offense kind of had some limitations, particularly, I thought, in the key moments, whereas – uh, I thought in the key moments, I mean, Michigan kind of had their full arsenal work, working for them. And, but I agree, like, it, it stretches that second half, I thought, Alabama is going to win this game, and it's going to be almost impossible to explain because Michigan's been the better team for, like, 75% of the game, and they're going to lose this thing. They didn't, but there was a real threat of that happening. I thought it's going to be one of the more inexplicable scores, you know, you could have where Michigan has a 10-to-1 advantage in TFLs. They have the advantage in total yards. They have the advantage in like every way, but somehow they found a way to lose. Didn't happen because of that key game time drive. All right, real quick, now I want to get your thoughts on Tennessee and Ole Miss, but how do you handicap this national championship game? Uh, I guess I, I think Washington's offensive line is much better than Alabama's. They've been great at protecting Michael Penix all season. So if, if their offensive line holds up better than Bama's did, they have a shot. I think Washington's wide receivers are better than Alabama's, uh, I think that gives them a shot. And, and Michael Penix is a more polished quarterback than, than Milrow is. Milrow is the better athlete, the better runner. Penix is the polished quarterback I think you want in these games. So I, I think those three things on, on Washington's offense better equip them than what we saw from, from Alabama, the Rose Bowl. Uh, however, we know Washington's got one of the worst pass defenses in the country. So maybe and the rush defense ain't much better either. Right, and so maybe it's too simplistic, but I guess I boil it down to I think I think Washington's offense can have enough success for them to win if McCarthy is average to non-existent. If McCarthy has a good game, I think Michigan wins. Yeah, because I'm kind of the other thought that I had was I, Washington clearly beat Texas. Like I, I don't want to. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law